Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, 2021 has been the year of many things and to some, the year of the supply chain as well as supply chain issues have really come to the forefront and hit headlines like never before. And as we come to the end of the year, we've got another one for Australians. Apparently, beer is the latest victim when it comes to supply chain issues just ahead of of the festive season. According to an article on Bloomberg, the nation's two biggest brewers, that's Lion and Carlton and United Breweries, have flagged protracted delays and lower production of some of the beer-loving country's most popular brews due to supply chain problems. So looking forward, what do these supply chain issues mean? Are they likely to last into next year? What is What does it mean for us as we come towards the festive season? What else is going to be impacted aside from beer? What does this mean for your Christmas orders? And perhaps for investors, are there any opportunities, winners or losers that you need to know about? Well, we're joined on the line now by Jeff Sutherland, who is the Asia Energy Editor at Bloomberg and Anne Co, a journalist at Bloomberg as well. Jeff and Anne, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Rachel. It's good to be here. Good to have you both with us. So, Jeff, perhaps we can start with you, because from the week-long blockage of the Suez Canal earlier in the year to this container ship pileup that we've been reading about across the globe over the last few months, I don't think supply chain issues have quite made the headlines like they did in 2021. And this has had an impact on all spectrums of goods. We've spoken about beer just now. Cheese as well made the headlines, but most notably, semiconductors. Are these issues starting to ease, though? Well, you're right saying it's been quite a year for global trade. Um, It used to be like the the word supply chain uh, Mm. used to be a term used by logistics people. But now it's really a household phrase. And and that's because the problems with the supply chains are touching everyone, whether you're a business manager waiting for some crucial inventory, or if you want your Australian beer, or you want to put cream cheese on your bagel. Mm. Um, So that's just just an indication of how broadly this um, the damage has been spread. But when you look at are things starting to ease, the answer is it's kind of like a yes, but a qualified yes. Okay. Uh, there, there are signs that the ports are making progress in, in clearing out the bottlenecks, uh, such as um, the number of containers stuck in U.S. ports. That's dropped by about a half since October. But if you look at the big picture, you know, this has really been an an unprecedented crisis that just hit a peak a few months ago. So a lot of the improvements we're seeing are just incremental. And like the California coast, you know, it still looks like the Normandy invasion. We've got almost 100 ships waiting to get into the ports. Uh, There's also a shortage of truck drivers to help clear out the containers. Uh, That's one of the big issues causing the backlogs. So there's a long way to go, and it's going to take a long time to unwind the problems. And Anne, just bringing you in here, what impact has all of this had on shipping rates? I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride, to say the least. Are prices starting to stabilize then? As Jeff mentioned, we're starting to see a little bit of easing. Yeah, the thing about uh, shipping freight rates is shipping freight rates tend to reflect uh, not just the demand for shipping, but I think also they reflect some of the uh, existing problems within the supply chain. 
that Jeff might have mentioned that haven't been unwound before. So, like, I want to take you back to the example about Australian beer uh, being short. Mm -hmm. And um, the actual issue is not beer production, believe it or not. The actual issue is that there are wooden pallets needed to pack these beer cans uh, before they get shipped onto a container, which then go onto a ship. And there is, guess it, guess what, a shortage of these wooden pallets. And we have seen, you know, it turns from just an attention on the shortage of container boxes to a shortage of things like truck equipment to truckers not being available to ferry the beer or the goods, you know, from one location to another. And that's resulted in quite a lot of dislocations that have fed into shipping rates. So um, I think probably at this point, shipping rates have moderated somewhat. They're actually about 28% lower from a record high uh, earlier on this year. And the thing is, you know, a 28% drop from the record high still leaves us at freight rates that are still, well, for lack of a better word, high. And that's not going to go away as long as we continue to have um, these existing supply chain problems and uh, transportation issues. We're speaking with Jeff Sutherland, Asia Energy Editor at Bloomberg and co-journalist at Bloomberg as well. So just moving on to that, I mean, you've mentioned prices there. We've talked about, we've spoken about the outlook what does all of this mean for consumers as we come to the end of the year, as we come to the festive season? We've spoken about the beer shortage that's headed for Australia come Christmas. But what does this mean overall? I mean, a lot of people have been placing their online orders for Christmas goods, um, to say the least, perhaps shopping for or looking forward to Boxing Day sales as well, online sales. What impact is this going to have to the consumer and how do these prices translate? That's a very good question. Um, and the re- the situation for the holidays, I think it really depends on how well you've planned. Because uh, some people and companies have factored in these delays. Uh, it, it's been telegraphed really all year long. And so those people are well situated. And we've heard from uh, the big retailers uh, like the U.S. Uh, companies, Walmart and Costco, they say they have plenty of inventory for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, looking at the online giants like um, Amazon, they have sharply increased their inventories. You know, and that's especially for priority items. Um, but now the delivery times could vary a lot um, based on you know what goods you're ordering or where they're coming from. So if you're going to stock up on the basics, as long as it's not cream cheese or Australian beer, you can probably get that within a day or two. Mm. Um, but if you want a Christmas tree here in Singapore, uh, that's going to be coming from the forests on the west coast of the U.S. And I've actually seen on the websites there are warnings saying that they'll try as hard as they, as they can to deliver your tree, but there could be delays. And that's also going to be true of anything coming from mainland China, where it could take weeks for deliveries. So, you know, if you haven't made your gift and party orders yet, I think uh, like now is the time to do it. And I think we've had fair warning as well. I think some of these, as you mentioned, these supply chain issues have been going on for months. And I seem to recall an article perhaps as early as July or August saying it's time to get Christmas shopping now if you want things to, you know, get here on time or if you want to make sure you don't end up carrying too much of that cost that may be carried over from those shipping rates. So we've spoken about it from a consumer perspective. What about it, Jeff, from an investor perspective? Is there anything we can say towards perhaps the winners and losers here? 
that's it's kind of hard to say, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, looking into this, uh, the supply chain disruptions surprisingly haven't really halted the stock market rally or had a big impact over the past year or during the pandemic. And and you could say you know that almost uh, every stock is somehow tied to the global supply chain. But I would think like we've seen the. Um, you know, trucking companies have certainly been doing very well. Um, online retailers also, because of the heavy demand for the services they provide. Um, if there's going to be an easing of the situation, mm-hmm. uh, you might want to look to the automakers because really they've been the, been the most affected by the shortage mm-hmm. in semiconductors. And Anne, going into 2022, how do you see this narrative shaping? What are going to be some of the long-term repercussions for the industry here? Um, I think it's quite interesting what's happening in China, both lately and also going into 2022. What China decides to do for the rest of the year. And um, the fit rate that I mentioned falling 28% from uh, the record high was actually on the route out of China to the U.S. West Coast. That is the ship, you know, all sorts of manufactured items, iPads, you know, everything out to the U.S. where all the major consumers are. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that there has been a lot of attention lately on how the country wants to control the outbreak of uh, Omicron or what it wants to do with regard to quarantine measures and travel restrictions. And it's been extremely important because uh, just as we've seen freight rates come off from the four-year, I mean, we're now at four-month low, sorry, from the record high level, but the rate along this China to U.S. West Coast has started to creep up again. And we're also seeing that the shipping coastal feeders that usually take shipments to and from bigger ports in China are actually closing or suspending services a little bit earlier this year before Lunar New Year. Normally, the shutdown takes about maybe four weeks while the sailors all go home and then come back to the boats again. Mm. Uh, so this year during the pandemic, during this Chinese New Year, when you get off a boat, or rather when you get down from the vessel, you actually have to spend time in quarantine, which I'm sure many of us are familiar with, except those quarantine times being added onto because of anxiety that when people travel between provinces, they might further spread the virus to the next province. And so you have a, a lot of officials at the local or city or municipal level adding on. And so, uh, you know, uh, the Chinese locals have told me it's, it's kind of like a thematic problem, right? So you have 14 plus 7, and then if you travel again, maybe it's an additional 3 days, 14 plus 7 plus 7, or 14 plus 7 plus 7 plus 7, or whatever it is. And so uh, for next year, we're expecting instead of 4 to 6 weeks of uh, suspension of these coastal feeder vessel services for the Pearl Delta region, we're expecting at least a two-month uh, suspension, which is, you know, going to, as it were, disrupt uh, shipments or availability. And some are then expecting the rate out of uh, China to be boosted slightly by this. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Anne and Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Jeff Sutherland, Asia Ed- Energy Reporter at Bloomberg and Anne Co-Journalist at Bloomberg. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.